0: ncia's cannabis industry voice begins now
1: hello thanks for tuning in to another episode of ncia's cannabis industry voice on cannabis radio i'm your host bethany moore and i'm the communications project manager at the national cannabis industry association I'm happy to introduce my guest today, Christina Kassil. She is a certified interior designer with over 20 years of experience, and her company, Design 710, assists both new and experienced businesses in the medical and adult use cannabis industry. Welcome to the show, Christina. Thanks for having me. Yes, nice to talk with you today. Um, I'd like to start by getting to know you better, learning about your background and your experience and other projects you worked on before getting involved in, in this exciting cannabis industry.
2: Absolutely. Um, I suppose it all started, uh, I went to school for interior design um, at Philadelphia University, which is now Thomas Jefferson University, Um, and then I started my design career in 2000 as a junior designer at Ballinger in Philadelphia. Um, I was there for about five years and then um, went on to Ewing Cole, which is also in the city in Philadelphia. Um, while I was at both of those firms, I was fortunate to work on a multitude of different projects in different market sectors. Um, I was never someone that wanted to specialize in just or generalize in one, um, one area. So I got to work in healthcare, research and development, corporate, government, academic and sports and entertainment. Um, I also got to work on some fabulous projects um, such as NASA, St. Christopher's, Geisinger, Merck. Um, MetLife Stadium, which was an amazing project, and uh, even the New York Giants football training stadium, just to name a few.
1: Yeah, those are some big names there. And NASA, are you building rockets or just just the building (laughs) where they build the rockets?
2: Uh, It was an exploration science building, which had a bunch of um, clean rooms where they did a lot of molecule testing and stuff like that.
1: Oh, that's fascinating. Great. Yeah, yeah. So how is it that you got to start designing for the cannabis industry I, I assume dispensaries and, and other other common direct-to plant cannabis industry buildings interiors is what you're working on there. How, how did you step into that?
2: Sure um, I'd always thought about having my own firm one day but wasn't sure you know how I was going to get there. Um, so when I was approached by um, Theodore Flowers of Marconi Flowers um, to see if I'd be interested in getting involved in the cannabis industry, I was, you know, all ears. Um, you know, let me see what you got. So um, at the time, him and his partner, Justin, were going to try to put together a consultancy group, um, which consisted of themselves that were writing the applications, a security team, design professionals, transportation company, etc. Um, so as an investor, um, in essence, one would come to them and it would be a one stop shop. Um, At the time, I knew very little about the booming cannabis industry, but my background in the healthcare uh, research and development and retail design kind of lent itself well to parlay into the dispensary and grow facility design. Um, And with that model, you know, we've successfully won several dispensaries and grower processor permits um, for our clients. Um, We've done work in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Ohio, Missouri, Massachusetts. Rhode Island, Maryland, Illinois, Connecticut, you know, the list just keeps growing um, as the states come online. Um, I also got to work, um, or I also work with MJ Freeway as one of their preferred design consultants. Um, they were interested in teaming up because I am a certified uh, WBENC, which is Women Business Enterprise National Council. It's mouthful. Mm-hmm. And um, WOSB, which is Women-Owned Small Business, um, which oftentimes in the application project um, process um, contributes diversity points um, mm-hmm. for points on the application. So um, it's something that people look for. That's great. Yeah. Um, so are you fully
1: dedicated to the cannabis industry at this time, or are you still doing interior design projects in in other industries?
2: I'm currently fully focusing on the um, the cannabis industry currently right now.
1: Oh, wow. Exciting.
2: Yeah. So so do you have any um,
1: personal story with cannabis or is is this just most exciting to you
2: professionally? Um, it's most exciting professionally for me. I've gone to, when I was first getting into it, um, Ted Nye and, and a couple other people to a bunch of um, Women Grows and stuff like that. And I heard stories of, you know, there was a one little girl there that had epilepsy from, you know, 10 months old. And, you know, just seeing her in the, changes in her life that, you know, marijuana helped her make, um, was incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so from that aspect, and I also have, um, you know, family members that, you know, um, have chronic pain, um, you know, that have started using it and it's, it's really worked. So, I mean, originally, you know, I got into it because, you know, of the design, um, but, you know, along the way, um, you know, I've become a huge proponent of it medically because I've seen it, but you know, with my own eyes. So it's been great.
1: Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So I'd like to hear more about what your day-to-day is like when you're working with clients and uh, what kind of things come to mind when you're thinking about what kind of clients you want to work with and design considerations. What's the process like um, for someone who would like to upgrade their design or maybe
2: start fresh? What's that? What's that process like? Um, Sure. I mean, I, um, in my company, I'm the sole owner and principal. Um, so, you know, I take on many roles, um, marketing, <laughs> surveying, designer, printer, you name it. Sure. Um, and of course, I, you know, hire other professionals um, that I need to hire along the way to consult with for parts of my business. But ultimately, you know, I'm responsible for the day in and day out operations. Um, as far as the cannabis industry goes, I'm, you know, involved from day one um, I assist my clients with property searches um, making sure that those properties meet all the regulations and zoning requirements um, I take an active role in the application process to ensure mm. specifically that the site and facility plans are complete um, and then again if they're lucky enough to be awarded a, per, a permit um, immediately go into production of the construction documents um, I assist the you know contractors with the permitting, I oversee the construction and you know, finally, you know, raise a toast on opening day because you know it's well deserved. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're wearing lots of hats and potentially even a hard
1: hat at some yes, point during the true. stage. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, do you prefer that process of starting fresh, or is it just as easy to work with um, an established cannabis company that just wants a refresh?
2: Um, I haven't had, um, someone reach out, um, to do, um, a renovation yet. Um, okay. all of mine have been, um, purely one application permits, um, and they're starting, um, I haven't, you know, gotten to, aside from the growth I'm working on to do a new build, but the dispensaries that I've worked on are renovations from new, so they're not, um, cannabis operations that are already, you know, up and running and, you know, we're looking for a refresh. I haven't done that yet.
1: Okay. Yeah. Just curious. I mean, we're, we're getting there as an industry. I, I, I I should think, you know, we've only had a few years here of adult use and Mm -hmm. the opportunity to try to make money, but there's, there's still other issues like, um, the, the banking crisis. So perhaps an established, uh, dispensary can't really get that loan to put all the money in quite yet. So maybe, maybe we're getting there. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: So before we take our first commercial break, uh, I'd like to stop and ask the listeners to tell me how you like the show. Uh, if you wouldn't mind taking a survey, just log online to www.thecannabisindustry.org/podcastsurvey and just answer a few questions for us. Give us some feedback about how you like the show what kinds of guests you'd like to hear, what kind of information you'd like to hear, and a little bit more information about you, our listeners, as well. So again, the link to take that podcast survey is www.thecannabisindustry.org slash podcast survey. Awesome, so I hope to see some responses in there. And we are going to take our first commercial break, and then we'll come back and chat more with Christina from Design 710. Stay tuned, we'll be right back.
0: NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth.
2: Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Sugis now at s-h-o-o-g-i-e-s dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Sugis, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat.
0: Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's cannabis industry voice only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: right we're back on ncia's cannabis industry voice on cannabis radio i'm your host bethany moore and we're chatting and getting to know christina Casile from design 710 an interior designer now specializing in the cannabis industry for both medical and adult use so let's let's get more into design designing business spaces as we've mentioned you've designed for dispensary and some cultivation companies in the cannabis space as well as the non-cannabis companies Mm -hmm. beforehand so i'm wondering generally speaking what some of the similarities and as well as the the differences are when you're approaching designing a space for cannabis versus Mm non-cannabis
2: Um, I believe that um, cannabis spaces, as well as cannabis spaces, are very similar in means of a design approach. Um, I've always been one to say that it didn't matter what project type I worked on as long as I had a good team, uh, clients that listened and communicated their needs, and of course, a healthy budget was always a plus.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: cannabis spaces are no different. Uh, if it's a medical marijuana facility, I treat it like an upscale pharmacy mixed with you know, a little bit of retail, if you will. Um, try to create spaces that patients and caregivers feel comfortable bringing their kids or, you know, their elders to, to get their medication, a place that they'll return to, you know, time after time. Um, recreationally, I take less of a clinical, comes more about the visualization of products and customer flow through the space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, regardless of whether it's medical or recreational, um, security is always a number one factor in the cannabis excuse me, arena, which is not something that I've necessarily had to design for in the past. So Mm -hmm. that's something that's new. I mean, that's the biggest differentiator, I think.
1: A lot of cameras, a lot of reinforcements around doors and walls and other safety features around security.
2: Sure. I mean, it even goes as far as, you know, the security guard in the front, Um, you know, is, are they wearing something different that someone might be, you know, alerted or, you know, sometimes when you walk in, you know, in the airport and you see you know, someone holding, you know, a rifle or something instantly your, you know, your stress level, you know, can go up. So, you know, someone may be walking into a cannabis facility that, you know, may or may not be comfortable with it yet. You know, they see someone in the security booth, you know, wearing something that, you know, isn't an everyday clothing or something like that, you know, they, they can already start to get nervous. Um, So just, you know, aside from the cameras and everything that's kind of behind the scenes, what are people seeing when they first walk into a space? Um, you know who's meeting them at the front door that kind of stuff, you know, we know that the security's there You know, we know that we've hired, you know, a secure a security person up front But a customer doesn't necessarily see that when they're face-to-face at the front vestibule if you will so
1: Sure, and that can absolutely impact a customer's overall experience Exactly uh, right off the bat if their heart rate jumps as soon as they walk in the door So exactly. taking those kinds of things into consideration is, is super super interesting. Yeah. Yeah, um, so Moving over to, you know, we're mentioning that the dispensary environment is very customer-focused, whereas a cultivation environment, that's a bit more behind the scenes. That's really just employees, maybe clients and, and vendors coming through
2: mm-hmm. rather,
1: than, rather than customers. So what kind of differences and similarities are, are in designing those two verticals in the cannabis industry?
2: Yep. As you've mentioned, um, the dispensary environment is definitely more co- um, customer focused. It's it's all about the hospitality, what people are seeing, touching, hearing. Um, and we try to make those spaces as welcoming and comfortable as possible. Um, You know, we want to provide enough, you know, points of sale for them to, you know, get in and out and not wait there endlessly um, Mm -hmm. for a time to get their products. Um, You know, it's like walking into any retail space. You want great customer service, great products, and, you know, a pleasant environment that will, you know, bring you coming back time after time. And I want Um, it fast. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, You know, as as far as the growing production facilities, um, they're much more technical, Um, I often work with horticulturalists and chemists and operators to help lay out the floor plans um, so that they easily flow from, you know, a tissue culture room all the way through shipping and receiving in the most efficient way. Um, You know, coming into this, I had no idea. So, you know, I'm relying on their expertise to show me and tell me how things flow, you know, and lay the spaces out, you know, hand in hand with them. Uh, Most rooms in a grow facility um, need to be clean room level spaces, um, Mm -hmm. similar to what I was speaking about in NASA. Um, meaning that these rooms are controlled environments that have low level of pollutants. Uh, this is basically to ensure that they get the best grow yields and products and there's no mold or anything like that on any of the crops. Um, these are not spaces that need to look beautiful, they just need to function efficiently. So, I mean, that's the main difference.
1: Yeah, absolutely, it makes perfect sense. Um, so, as our industry continues to mature and become more sophisticated, uh, the companies years ago that were smaller, that were the mom and pop shops, and the owners had to wear all the hats, mm-hmm. <laughs> from, yep. from customer service to operations and everything in between, as well as being the janitor, right? Right. <laughs> um, so now those companies have gotten bigger. They, they've been scaling up. Uh, they have more revenue, more resources, even though there's still the challenges that we mentioned before with banking and of course, mm-hmm. two, 280E taxes. So Often on this podcast, we talk about the importance of hiring outside professionals when you need them, so you are not wearing all the hats anymore. So maybe HR services, accounting services, any other services that you could outsource um, instead of having to do it all yourself. Once you have the ability to hire these people instead of trying to reinvent the wheel by yourself, uh, I think this applies to... Business space design, I think, both in and out of cannabis. So, all sure. in all, what what is the benefit of engaging a professional designer slash architect um, at this stage of the game?
2: I mean, I I think it's imperative. Um, I mean, a certified professional designer like myself, um, is well-versed in any local and international building codes as well as any ADA um, accessibility codes. Mm-hmm. Um, I've often, or, you know, I've looked at plans from other states that people have sent me and right off the bat, it's, you know, no, this isn't going to work. You know, it's not mm-hmm. going to pass code. And, you know, we, we space plan for optimal efficiency. You know, I've seen some plans that, you know, the flow um, through the space, you know, just is not, it, it just doesn't work. Um, you know, you're not going to be moving patients or, you know, customers, you know, through the space efficiently and, you know, therefore not that you're going to lose business, but again, people might not, you might not retain customers or anything like that. So, Mm -hmm. um, and also that we, um, make finished selections that meet stringent safety standards. Sometimes people don't put, you know, flooring down that meets slip, you know, resistant, uh, standards and, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, that's not good either. So, um, the cannabis industry is interesting, though, because I've, you know, I've seen people that, you know, have gone and bought floor plans off of Craigslist um, for a couple hundred dollars, which is interesting. Uh-huh. Um, but <laughs> uh-huh. interesting <laughs> I mean, yeah. ultimately, you know, they've, the people that I've heard have done it have not won a permit or they're going to wind up spending more money on the back end to fix the issues that weren't, you know, apparent in the front. So, I mean, I work as a close liaison with my clients to make, you know, their vision and dreams become a successful reality. I think this is, you know, an invaluable benefit that myself or any designer architect would bring to their clients or to the table.
1: Got it. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're no one person that's trying to run a business is going to be able to think of everything. And that's why getting that outside perspective would be beneficial to make sure you're dotting your i's and crossing your t's when it comes to things like ada compliance yeah 10%. Yep. got it uh, so we're going to take a our quick commercial break here and then come back and wrap up our chat with christina casil from design 710 we will be right back stay tuned
0: ncia's cannabis industry voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? and smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Candid, captivating, compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina.
2: Welcome to Cannabis here. Conf Oh you got me again.
1: All right. I got you, again. you got me again. Welcome to Cannabis okay. Confidential. Ah, <laughs> hey, we did it.
2: We did it. Hey, Welcome. Confident. I have the coolest guest today. You guys already know. The one and only Tommy Chong. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential.
0: the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana llama out. Got to tend
2: to me on crap channel. You know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc.
0: Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany, and I've been talking with Christina from Design 710 about interior design in the cannabis industry. Um, So I'd like to look to the future a little bit. Um, What do you think the future standard of dispensary design, whether it's medical or adult adult use, will look like? And, And the most important elements to keep in mind for the you know, quote unquote, ultimate best dispensary experience for both the customer and when the employees clock in and clock out. What are your thoughts around that?
2: Sure, I mean, I think that they're going to need to be Sleek and well designed. I mean, it's the market's only going to get more competitive um, with more and more states coming on and, you know, more and more growers, more and more dispensaries. So, in order to retain those customers and employees, I mean, you know, as far as employees go, um, I mean, they need to work in a safe and enjoyable space. Um, You know, if they're happy and they've got a smile on their face, you know, that's going to come through to the customer. Um, you know, as far as, you know, walking into the space as a customer, you know, it needs to be beautiful, clean and inviting, um, you know, somewhere like I've, you know, mentioned several times somewhere that they want to return to, um, you know, if you go into a seedy place, you know, once it's generally not somewhere you're going to go again, um, you know, and customer service, you know, doesn't necessarily deal with design, but, um, customer service is going to need to be, um, top-notch. I mean, we have um, one of my clients, they get raves every day about how informed their um, their uh, employees are and how quick their ticket times are. Um, and again, they get a lot of return business. So, um, you know, that tells me that the facility works well, the employees are happy, and the customers love going in there. So, that's what I like to see.
1: Gotcha. Great. So, bigger picture, um, as NCIA's 10 year anniversary is in 2020 coming up here, we were founded in 2010. It's very exciting. A lot's happened in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I've been asking a lot of people to reflect back, you know, where were you 10 years ago? Did you ever see yourself working in the cannabis industry? And also to look into their crystal ball and predict where they see the industry. 10 years from now in 2030 or or how they even how they want it to look in 10 years Uh, so i'm curious if you have any thoughts around that sort of big picture looking back and looking forward at the cannabis industry
2: Um, yeah, I mean I can honestly say I had no idea in the cannabis space 10 years ago (laughs) um, you know, I was working on multi-million dollar projects at the firm that I was at and um at that time, you know, wasn't looking to make a jump anywhere um as far as 10 years from now um that's a good question um i'm not sure that anyone can predict that right now things change every day um Mm -hmm. i mean i you know definitely see it being federally regulated in 10 years i think um Mm -hmm. you know so i also still see the east coast being much more regulated than the west coast um Mm -hmm. you know just as generalizations but again new states come on every day um I'm, I'm not really sure where it's going to go. It, I mean, it's super exciting to watch it, um, but it's going to be really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and we have an observer role, but we also can play a really active role. And and that makes me want to mention, first of all, thank you for being involved in NCIA. Being a member of NCIA helps push this conversation federal along to legalize cannabis, to have it regulated and legitimized. So our annual lobby days... Happens every spring. It will be, uh, I believe, May nineteenth through twentieth this year. I'll double check those dates. Um, it's really one of the most fun and exciting and and also serious events that NCIA does. Last year we had, I think, between two hundred and fifty and three hundred CIA members fly into DC. We train everybody. We give you talking points. We tell you exactly what to do and where to go, and you're put with a group, uh, a mix of veteran NCIA members and industry people and new and ancillary and direct to plant so you have a nice holistic group and you spend a couple days going around a different house and Senate says and talk and sometimes the member of Congress themselves okay. about our industry issues and we've noticed over the years Uh, We don't get laughed out of the offices anymore. They invite us in. (laughs) They ask us questions. They're genuinely curious. and That's awesome. After lobby days, we like to watch over the next two, three months to see how many more co-sponsors we get on all of our priority legislation, and it's wild to watch the names come in. So I I encourage you, Christina, and any other NCAA member listening to make it a priority to come to Lobby Days this year. Uh, It's really great. Um, So thanks again. And we've run out of time, Christina, but I look forward to hopefully seeing you at the Northeast Cannabis Business Conference in Boston, February, and at all other future industry socials and cannabis caucuses. So thanks again for being on the show. Uh, Thank you for having me. Yeah, where can people find out more about you?
2: Um, They can go to my website, um, www.design710.com. It's got my projects on there. It's got my contact information. Perfect.
1: Great. Well, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of NCI's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time.
0: The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.
1: You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck and investing can be scary. We combine the
0: ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting and it's only available in our new app Stairs. Stairs offers 4
1: to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today.
0: Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty?